Hello, welcome to Twin Flame Transformation. My name is Michelle and I will be your host and guide. I often suggest meditation as a tool for twin flames when they face their challenges. So on today's episode, I wanted to bring on a meditation expert and friend. Kara Goodwin is a meditation and energy healing expert, a certified Reiki master, a transformational coach, host of the podcast, The Meditation Conversation, co-founder of Etheric Support, as well as a beekeeper, a mother, wife, and overall awesome human being. And I met Kara at a retreat this summer and we became friends and colleagues. And every time I talk to Kara, my vibration rises. So it's my great honor to welcome Kara as my first guest on Twin Flame Transformation. So welcome, Kara. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Um, and you have such an interesting background. I'd love for you to share a little bit about it. You know, you started in IT and sales, and then you went to Italy and that sort of started your transformation and you became, a, and how did you get from there to Reiki and meditation and healing? Yeah. So, um, it, it has been a journey. Um, yeah, I came, I come from like a corporate background. Um, as you say, I, I had a, business degree and I worked for a pharmaceutical company for many years um, here in the US and in the UK. I moved to England um, a couple of years after I graduated from college and and then um, and then I worked for IBM for many years. So very corporate, very like you know Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. Um, and really kind of stuck into that grind, what I call the, gold, the golden handcuffs. I remember calling it that even at the time because um, you know, I had two small children when I worked for IBM and my husband and I both had very fast moving careers. Um, we had two dogs and a cat, you know, just very, um, very quick, accelerated um, life. And I was really drawn to meditation even during that time. I've always been kind of a, a seeker who's interested in, in the mysteries of life. Um, and I did not do a great job with balance, with saying like, okay, here's my, let me nurture like every area of my life. You know, it was like, I was really um, moving quickly with my career, trying to do the best I could with my family and the demands of, of small children. I will say, you know, IBM was very, um, they were very, they tried to be very accommodating for working mothers. You know, they were very nurturing in that aspect, recognizing like the demands of of uh, mothers. And so I did feel like I was supported in that way, but still I kind of, I always sort of say, I didn't really feel like I was doing anything well. You know, it was like, I had this career that I, I, you know, was grateful for, but didn't really feel like I was giving it as much of, of my 100% as I could. And the same with parenting, you know, it was like, I'm rushing around and I'm trying to like not be the last one to pick up my kids from daycare, you know, and, and all of that stuff. But it's, you're just sort of burning the candle at both ends. And 
And because of that, I didn't really, even though I was always drawn to meditation, I couldn't really, I did, I didn't give it the uh, focus. I just didn't make space for it in my life at that time. And so then my husband got transferred to Italy. And at that time, that was a great time for me to let go of, of that quick moving career. Again, I called it the golden handcuffs because it was always like, it, it was very demanding, but it was so financially rewarding, you know, that it was really hard to like ever decide that it was worth letting go even if I was feeling overwhelmed or whatever. Um, so when we had the opportunity to move abroad, it was like, oh, okay, let's do that. That's a great opportunity. And then I let go of my career. And I still didn't really explore meditation until my life sort of imploded. Um, and uh, while we lived there, we had a very quick succession of, of family traumas that mm. happened, um, starting with the loss of my sister-in-law. Um, mm. she took her life. Oh, and, Kara. Right. And mm. then, um, and, and like three weeks later, our dog died. And then, um, I can't remember how many weeks after that, but a short handful of weeks after that, my stepdad had to have a surgery on his brainstem so it was a really risky surgery. He was in uh, recovery for a long time. And then my, my mother-in-law was hit by a motorcycle while she was crossing the street. So she was uh, oh in the hospital gosh. for a long time. And then my stepmom um, got very sick and needed a heart transplant and had a heart transplant um, at Thanksgiving time that year. So this was starting at the beginning of May and all of that happened and, and, and kind of quote unquote finished the last sort of shock that we received was that Thanksgiving of that year. So it became one of those things where, you know, every time we answered the phone, it felt like we were receiving devastating news. And this was while we lived in Italy. So we also, my, my in-laws were in England and my family was here in America and we were in Italy like we couldn't even really help like we felt blocked in our ability to sort of even help and process what was happening so it was a really difficult time and I really felt like my my whole reality just flipped upside down like it, you just start to not even recognize and if you remember this was like 2016 so if you remember the climate of what everybody was dealing with, yes. we're having elections here in America, this was Brexit in Europe, there was a really contentious election going on in France and um, I think Austria as well, like just there was a lot of like, what is going on here, you know, um, a lot of change um, beyond, you know, outside of our little inner family circle, there was just the whole, I felt like my whole world was becoming unrecognizable. And so I really started to want to explore meditation, this thing that I had been so drawn to, but never really took the time to explore. I started feeling this really, um, distinct call. And I remember even like walking my kids to school and I was having this like internal dialogue after I dropped them off. Like, I 
really feel like I need something like meditation, but I don't know. I had tried enough times to do it on my own and not, it never, I never took because I didn't, I thought I was just supposed to clear my mind and that this was like really easy and natural and I was terrible at it. And so I would like start trying it and then I would get discouraged. And um, so I, I, I was having this internal dialogue. I guess I was praying more or less because I was kind of like, help me, help me figure out how to do this. Cause I really feel like it's important. And, um, and a friend guided me to the documentary Awake, which is Paramahansa Yogananda's um, biography. It's a documentary of his life. And um, he was a meditation guru from India who came over in 1920, came from India to America in 1920. And he, he's been gone since 1952. He passed away or left his body in 1952. So, um, but I was fascinated by this documentary and I was like, oh, yeah, he had a scientific approach to meditation. He had tools, he had techniques. Um, and I was like, I want to learn his methods. You know, it just seemed very like, ah, this is the answer. Like, how do I learn his methods? So um, I explored and there were a couple of organizations that were offering like step-by-step, step, these are the methods. And he, um, and I read his autobiography, autobiography of a yogi is kind of one of those staples, you know, for a lot of seekers. Um, and it really resonated with me. And he talked a lot about this thing called Kriya Yoga. Um, and so I was very curious about that. And so I, you know, took the steps, there were different steps, different, different courses and offerings that needed to be taken to lay the foundation so that you could be kind of initiated into that technique. Um, and so that, that was kind of, that was the foundation um, and where I really kind of felt like, okay, now I know how to do this and, um, and everything just, I was able to really go deeper and deeper from that foundation. Oh my gosh, Kara, so much, so much I didn't know. I mean, first of all, right, you paint this picture of this typical quote unquote, you know, ideal family right? Married with kids, would you say two dogs and a cat, yes. money flowing in with IBM, like the top recognizable name worldwide. And, and the life stuff that you have happened to you all at once, that's so much, like one of those would be a lot. Yeah. Right. They weren't just little things. They were all huge all at once while you're abroad with the world turning upside down and inside out. And have raising two kids, like it's incredible. You still had that seeker mindset to really take these classes and pursue this. So gosh, I just want to say, you know, kudos to you. That's amazing that you've been through all that. And it, and it helps me, I guess, relate to you, you know, and, and, and hear how, cause I see you now as just so grounded and this wealth of information you if anyone wants to listen to her podcast the meditation conversation I'll put the link it's incredible and you cover so many topics and to think you only started this self-discovery if all this happened in 2016 I mean yeah how far you've gone such a short amount of time is incredible to me 
Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. I mean, some people take a lifetime to even dip their toe in. Yeah, it's interesting looking back because, you know, I, I emphasize the fact that it, it, I was always intrigued by meditation. So even though I wasn't meditating, I was always reading books about mm -hmm. consciousness. Like I just loved learning anything that sort of gave the hints about the mysteries that are underlying and the connection that we all have and things like, um, like children having past life memories, like little children the work of like, I think his name is Jim Tucker or something, or Ian Stevenson, um, that kind of thing, or, or things that people have uncovered via hypnosis, you know, that relate to past lives or relate and, to, you know, early childhood traumas that they couldn't remember, they wouldn't be able to remember on their own. Um, did you ever that, do any read study Dolores Cannon or? I've looked into her a little bit and she's fascinating as well. Yeah. Just the hypnotherapy. Right. And all of meditation, all of it. Right. It, so, yeah. yeah. So what I don't, I, I'm so curious as to, as to how you make the time with your busy schedule and what have you learned? What have you, what can you share? I know it's a broad strokes question, but what yeah. can you share and what insights and have you been able to tap into past lives through going in meditation? Have you been able to connect to traumas and healings and Oh, those are great questions. Um, I have not really uncovered any past life things within myself. I, it's interesting because I'm fascinated by, by a lot of these things and open to them. And also I have a very logical, I mean, if you imagine, like I started as a computer programmer, yeah. like I have a very logical side to me as well. So there, it, I, it, I, I wonder, you know, have there been, because I've had like glimpses and flashes of things. Like I had, when we were on retreat, for example, when we met, you know, I had, we were listening to some music as a group and I had like this visual of like a cave and a couple of women wearing like head scarves by some water, you know, and it was just like a very rocky train and stuff like that. And we, this was when we were listening, the song was about Avalon and I don't have, I didn't, especially at the time I had like really very little frame of reference for Avalon, but that was like this image that just floated into my my sight. There are things like that. Like I have a similar thing where all of a sudden I was, I just saw like, like me and two men, but I was a man like in a Roman bath, you know, about like a, how they used to go into these public bathhouses. And so I was just like soaking with, with two people. So they're just like, I have these flashes of, of images like that, that I'm like, huh, that's kind of random. I don't go so far as to say like, oh my gosh, I just saw myself in a past life in Avalon or in a Roman bath. You know, it's just like, oh, that's interesting. Like I take note of it, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know why it shows up or what it means. Um, so that logical part of me is still like enough to say like with humility, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, maybe stuff comes to the surface and I'm just like, huh, 
that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I'd probably take it and say, oh my gosh, that's totally a past life. And, you know, <laughs> right. So I guess it's all how you approach it. And, and, and I always know that imagination is where are you accessing it from? You're accessing it from the accessing it from the collective unconscious. So it's the same place that past lives are stored. So yeah, yeah. Same thing. It's, it's interesting too, because, you know, we're talking a lot about meditation and I have fewer visual things come through to me through meditation than I do when I'm falling asleep. So it's really interesting in that way, because um, if I'm properly meditating, um, it's not that I won't see things like I can, I almost always often see light um, or I can perceive different things, but I don't necessarily see things with my third eye so much. It's much more common for me to be falling asleep and then start seeing like almost psychedelic, like, um, you know, colors and shapes and repeating patterns and um, sacred geometries and, um, and, and just different perspectives of different, like, you know, recently I saw like what was almost like a spiraling DNA, like strand, you know, like the connected strands that were spiraling. And then there was all kinds of stuff happening around it as well. And so it's just, I don't know that I would experience those things when I'm falling. And I don't, it's not like every time I fall asleep, this happens, but just that is a more common experience when I'm falling asleep than when I'm meditating. But of course, through meditation, you are opening yourself up, you're opening and expanding your consciousness, um, which allows more things to happen whenever they want to happen. Like whenever, I guess, whenever you're relaxed enough for them to come through or whenever you're open enough, whenever you're able to receive it, um, you're kind of setting the stage um, for some of that mystery to infiltrate into your life um, when it deems fit, you know? <laughs> I love that. I've never heard it explained like that. That's powerful. So when you meditate, are you, do you consciously take yourself through, um, like talk to yourself, like, okay, slow my breath or, or do you have a certain, or is it different every time? Um, yes and no, um, I have techniques for sure. And they're the same, they're similar techniques to what I teach in my classes um, and with clients. Because for me, that was so important to get that foundational stuff. And so breath work is a big part of it just to help because physiologically the breath, if you use the breath, you can start to have more control over your mind. Um, you can start, you, you do start inducing physiological states within your body that are associated with calmness and engaging the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and so you can use the breath to really overwrite what may be showing up physically within your body. Like your body may be thinking it's under stress and it needs to be in a fight or flight, you know, state of stress. And a lot of people are living like that all the time, you know, their bodies are in a constant state of stress and arousal and alertness 
preparing like def for defense, mm -hmm. you know, defending, fleeing, freezing, um, when that's not, we're not made to be in a chronic state of stress. You know, we're, if, if you're under attack in some way, physically or emotionally or whatever, and you need, you know, then it's appropriate, but it's meant to be like these short-term bursts of energy that we use to survive. Um, the rest of the time, we're meant to be in a state of rejuvenation and um, regeneration. And so when we engage with the parasympathetic nervous system, that's how we're setting ourselves up physiologically to be in that state. And the breath is so key for that. We can use the breath to consciously engage the parasympathetic nervous system and, and to communicate with the body all is well, you know, it's, it's okay. You can let go, open up that you can, you know, let the cells regenerate, let them flush, let them recycle, regenerate. Um, and so when we, for example, when we breathe down into the abdomen, when we, when the tummy is moving with the breath, the whole body receives that signal like, oh, I'm breathing in the, in the tummy. Everything must be okay. Because if I was under duress, I'm going to have a shallow breath, which is going to invigorate my limbs and it's going to keep me, uh, it's going to get me prepared to act quickly. If I am breathing from my tummy, then it's a more, it's just a more relaxing breath. You don't do that if you need to fight, fight, flight, freeze. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're naturally going to have that shorter breath. So it's like the body naturally does that, but we can actually tell the body what's up by using the breath as kind of a hack to be like, okay, I'm noticing where my breath is. It's up in my chest. doesn't need to be, I'm going to engage my stomach. And with that motion of the breath moving in and out of the tummy, the whole body is, is getting that signal. Okay. All is well. Oh my all gosh. Well. I just relaxed. That was amazing. That was such <laughs> good information. And as you were talking, I just started deep breathing into my belly and I totally expanded my breath. And I think I've calmed down about five decibels. <laughs> that awesome. was so helpful. Bodies are so smart. Right? Yeah. So smart. And so how long do you meditate daily? Um, I meditate for about usually around an hour in the morning. Um, and that's a culmination of, of breath work that I do. Cause I have, you know, I mentioned that Kriya breath that Paramhansa Yogananda brought to the West. Um, I do Kriya breath and I do rounds of that. So that takes time, but I include that in my meditation practice. Um, so the actual like sitting there not doing techniques is a portion of that time you know that may be 20 minutes or something um but yeah my practice is is it about an hour but it doesn't have to be if i'm under pressure to be somewhere and on, on a certain amount of time then i'll i can you know scale it back and um and then i try to have like a second time often that will be more of like a laying down meditation i may put like a crystal on my third mm. eye or something and just um have it be a different 
experience. Oh, beautiful and inspiring. Thank you. And how has it changed your life? Wow. Well, it has really allowed me to have a deeper sense of calm, even when I'm not meditating. So that's one of the beautiful things. I think it's Sharon Salzberg who says something about, you know, you're not, you're not practicing meditation to become a great meditator. You're practicing meditation to become better at life. Oh, love that. Yeah. So it's kind of like the goal isn't to meditate an hour a day, you know, if that's not what you need. And, and I don't recommend starting at an hour a day. If you're new to meditation, that's going to be way too much. Like you want to take little steps and build up because otherwise it's, it's fruitless. You know, you become, you end up feeling like I've just sat there and been annoyed with myself and disappointed with myself for an hour. You know, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. And I probably yeah. needed to hear, I didn't need to start that way. So what would you say to someone who's just starting out? I would say start with like five minutes and guided meditations can be really helpful. So, um, on, I think you have guided meditations, don't you? I do have some as well. Yeah. They help me. Right. Right. So you, you're a great resource. And then, um, you know, you mentioned the meditation conversation podcast. I have some guided meditations, uh, sprinkled in there. Usually those are more interviews, um, but I, I, every once in a while, I'll put a bonus um, guided meditation out there. I've and listened to one of them. It's great. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then if you sign up on my website, which is karagoodwin.com, there's a free, like if you sign up, I send you a free um, 10 minute meditation as well. But if you're new to it, it can be really helpful to have somebody, uh, you know, recording or whatever. And there are all kinds of apps out, of course, right now. Um, but to just have someone who is that you're listening to is like, okay, now focus on this, like yeah. watch your breath and, and let's, let's watch your breath together. Like just be aware of your breath. And now let's visualize this or let's, you know, um, do this relaxation technique or whatever it is. It can just be helpful to have um, some guidance when you're getting used to things. And it also helps, like if you're just thinking, I'm gonna just sit here for 10 minutes and meditate, that it could be a very long 10 minutes if you're just trying to do it by yourself. Um, so, so starting with some guided meditations can give you like a framework so that once you, if you do have times where you wanna do it on your own, then you at least kind of have some idea of, of a flow and like how to kind of get yourself from needing to meditate to having meditated. Like there's a big space in between there where <laughs> oh, yeah. you, know, you could have all kinds of techniques and, and things that you try and yeah. Love how you said that. Do you meditate with your family? Unfortunately, no. Mm. My kids are 14 and 11. And when I first started discovering meditation, I would do some breathing exercises with them and, and things like that. And what kind of happened, I never wanted to force it on them. Um, and it started to feel like that, like, oh no, mama wants me to watch my breath, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. And it was this resistance, like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, whoa, I don't want it to be one of those things that you are forced into, and then you want to rebel against, you know, yeah. it's like, it's here if you want it. Um, but the time, the time will come, but it's still like, 
it definitely leaks into their life. Like they, they notice when there are meditation-y types of things around and they'll be like, mama, look, you know, and so they're attuned to it. Um, and there are times when I can just tell that they're getting, their emotions are getting the better of them. And it's, and I'm like, okay, breathe down into your stomach, Mm -hmm. move your tummy, you know, and it's still, because it's coming from mama, it's like, no, don't want to do that. But I'm like, (laughs) at least you have exposure to these tools. Like you can use them or you you don't have to, you know, that's, it's their journey. So. Oh, beautiful. But like you said, by association, they're probably absorbing it and they're aware of it. And right. Yeah. And my daughter was just diagnosed with scoliosis a couple of weeks ago. And, um, she is quote unquote, allowing me to do little mini Reiki sessions on her every night as she's going to bed. So they're, I mean, they know, and they're, it's not like they're closed to it, but, um, you know, when they're, when they're open to it, you know, it, it comes in and, and the opportunities come in and, oh, that's yeah. sweet. Um, before we sign off, I would love to jump to etheric support. Cause that is just so unique and unlike anything, you know, I've encountered and, and I think my listeners may be really interested in that. So can you talk a little bit about what that is? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I have a, a partner named Michael Massey, who we've done, we did, we just did a retreat together, uh, that we hosted about three weeks ago or so. And, um, and we've done like an, an online course that was around uh, utilizing the dream space, which I know that that resonates a lot with your work as well. Um, and so this is a collaborative effort between Michael and I to um, help people to do transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring the meditation side and Michael has a more of a shamanic um, lean for sure. Well, he is a shaman. Um, and what's interesting is that when we had the retreat, we both started to sort of realize more about who we each are and what we're here to focus on. And it became apparent to Michael in, during the course of that retreat and, and the days that followed that he's very drawn to grid work and working with the planetary energies. And that that's really where he gets his joy and where he's got so much strength. And, um, and for me, it's working with people and, um, so it's this beautiful balance and synergy of utilizing the, the planetary energies, the cosmic energies and um, the different, you know, gateways that open up vortexes and so forth. Um, and then helping people to align and take advantage of those for their highest good. So- wow. Currently, we don't have offerings right now, and we don't have anything um, that we absolutely know, okay, this is our next offering, um, but there are um, there are things on the horizon that we know will 
will come as far as collaboration. Um, but we don't, you know, we were working on that dreams course, for example, and, and then we're just kind of feeling out what the next collaboration will be. Oh, I'm excited to hear. And, and all the listeners can tune into you and Michael do so many episodes on your podcast, the meditation conversation, which I love hearing all of them. Oh, um, I have a whole queue of things that I have to catch up on, but I really do love tuning into your podcast. Oh. And I, I look forward to hearing about etheric support. I think, I think the combination of you and Michael is a, is a great combination, sort of a, encompasses the whole grid of what human is, you know, and allows us to go really far out there with his stuff and yet grounded with yours and meditation and embodiment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. It's, it's really interesting. Like when we had this retreat, um, we had it on these grounds here in Indiana um, and there was already a vortex there on site Ooh. and Michael used to live in Sedona. In fact, he, that's what he considers his home base, even though he's been here in Indiana for about a year now. Um, his, he has family here, but, um, so he's, you know, in Sedona, there are all kinds of vortexes that are active. And so he's very, he's, he is amazing. Like he's done a lot of grid work all across the country and out in Hawaii. And, um, so he's very attuned to it, but it was fascinating because our retreat was aligned with, um, the autumn equinox and there was a full moon, like the day it was like the Monday we finished on a Sunday and the, the Monday was the proper full moon, but we were entering the full moon cycle and there were two more portals that as a group, two more vortexes that we were able to activate as a group. What? That's um, amazing. Yeah, it was really, really powerful and interesting oh. um, using the group dynamics and sacred yeah. geometry. And, um, it, and we didn't necessarily expect that. Like we were, you know, preparing for different topics, but we didn't know that that was going to happen. And it was really fascinating because um, one of the, because we went to a retreat center and on the last day, the one, the director of the center who had, I hadn't interacted with her a ton, you know, just here and there during the, um, the weekend, but we hadn't really talked about what we were doing. And she, you know, made her closing speech to thank us all for coming and everything. And she was like, and we, we know what you are doing. We know what you've been doing and we've been supporting you in the background. And we thank you for the work you've been doing here. And, um, and it was like, what? Like, whoa. So I asked Michael afterwards, I was like, had you talked to her? Like, did you tell her what we were doing? He's like, no, I haven't said anything I'm like I haven't told her oh my and gosh I have such goosebumps Kara <laughs> yeah it was really cool it was just like this nice kind of like interesting I guess validation or just confirmation of like you can feel what's happening within the group but yeah. you know again that logical side of me that like rational mind kind of thing that's always sort of like what is going on here? <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. is this what I think it is, you know? And then, so it was really powerful to hear her just offer that to the group. Like, wow, we, there was, she just wanted to say that we had not asked her anything like, Oh, could you, can you feel the energy change? And, you know, 
Wow. Really interesting. Well, I definitely am going to be looking for your next event. It all sounds so fascinating. I've always been fascinated in sacred geometry and vortexes. So this is exciting. Mm -hmm. And I'll put all your information down in the, in the bio section so people can know where to find you. Perfect. And just as a closing, what would you um, offer to people? What would you say to them if they're struggling with meditation? What, what little advice could you give? That's a great question. I would go back to, um, for me and my own experience, it was finding methods and mm -hmm. finding tools. So find a teacher, find, um, go beyond just sitting there and thinking that it's just going to show up for you. And, you know, you just have to close your eyes and your mind will automatically calm. There are methods there are techniques that can assist you in um, calming the mind and uh, being able to go deeper in your meditation. But often, you know, it really helps to have a teacher, have a coach who can, um, who can help you lay that foundation to grow from. I love that. Not what I expected, but that actually makes so much sense. And I think early on when I started, I, that would have helped me probably save, cut a year off of my meditation struggle time when I first started, right? That's such it great advice. So imperative for me. Like I wow. it wasn't until I had methods, I had yeah. things that I could really stick with it. You know, Maybe. we get, we get a, you know, a trainer, physical trainer, or we get a psychology, you know, coach and healer and we get all Reiki healer, but I don't know how many people think about getting a meditation coach, right? So those of you listeners, check Kara out. That sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Oh, Kara, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Thanks so much for inviting me. And it's always my joy to connect with you. I always get so much out of it. You are such a bright light. Thank you for all of the guidance that you're giving to your community in uh, helping everybody to awaken more of their twin flame transformation. Oh, thank you. I love talking to you again. I already feel high vibe. I just like, you're such a special person. You're so tapped in and I am so honored to have you as my first guest. So thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Many blessings. You too. Namaste. Namaste.